0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: this episode of misery hunters is brought to you by paisley craft beer co paisley's number one and only craft beer venue you can sit in and take away and we've also just introduced a local delivery service so if you live in the remshire area and are looking for craft beer we can deliver the same day if you order before one o'clock next day delivery is well for any time after that minimum order is 20 pound Any orders over 60, you get free delivery. So, what are you waiting for? Go to paisleycraftbeer.com That's paisleycraftbeer.com Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Sam Smith. All right, and Craig Devine Mm-mm. Uh, first of all congratulations to our Patreon winner our first Patreon competition which was for the Dean Linus I say match worn shirt uh, Mark changed that to match issue shirt there's is mud stains on it, it Has and where else is he getting mud stains in that shirt he's clearly wore it
2: just did to- just to point out, I don't think there's much stains on the arms because he didn't use them in whatever game he wore it. So.
1: <laughs> it's not; it's actually on the back. So, <laughs> no, right.
2: that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh,
1: but the winner of that was David McKenzie, um, who will be getting that sent to him very soon. Uh, this month's Patreon prize is an exclusive. Well, it's not exclusive. It, A brand new design from the from us from our misery hunter merchandise that's coming soon it's currently with the designer at the moment so um they will be getting that or someone will be getting that this month um if you sign up to the patreon patreon.com forward slash misery hunters um and also stick around because later we have an exclusive interview with the figi kiwi himself alex grieve we even question about how he feels about that nickname um Spoiler alert, he doesn't mind it. I don't think he realises about Figue that much. Um, but anyway, we have a game to talk about. Uh, we didn't win but it's still extremely positive. Um, Craig, we'll go to you.
3: Thoughts on the match? So, I well, thought it was a good performance. Um, it was really good actually so probably exactly what you'd want to see the first game of the season. I think the the post-match comments probably summed up just the better than we ever could really we'll play worse and pick up points during the season absolutely i mean i liked i liked the setup on the day i thought the lineup was was correct could clearly see the system we were trying to play Thought we won the midfield battle solid enough up the side too um there's obviously a few particular standouts Can unanimously um bacchus erehorn Gallagher, all pretty good train i thought had a decent game as well um if it wasn't for Buffon and goals, we'd have, we'd have won it comfortably. I know, I know we'll can go on to talk about the multiple wonder saves that he only seems to pull it against us. Obviously, the, the obvious ones the, God, I've forgotten, the, the younger effort for the first mm-hmm. big save, the, the one for Maine. Um, I think there was even a point if, if Ryan Strain had been able to get shot off earlier with a stramash in the box that he, he broke in for the side, we'd have been well clear on the day. But yeah, I think the the main highlights for me was the, the performance of the two in midfield and, and Gallagher as well for, for such a a big guy that Aberdeen fans told us was an absolute diddy. He was good with the ball at his feet, calm and composed, played some really good stuff. Um, Being critical, maybe a wee bit disappointed with the, some some of the stuff up front. So a couple of Iunga's attempts. He's actually for a guy that's pretty decent with the, the ball at his feet seemed to me to just kind of lack ideas when you gave him too much time to think about what he was doing, which kind of rings a bell with a recently departed striker, I guess. But no, it was a it was a good game, yeah. Uh, happy on the day with pretty much everything, apart from obviously the, the only thing that counts, which is the, the result. But yeah, I've not even mentioned the, the big talking point, the, the GBH attempt by the curly-headed fuck on the day, but I know we'll <coughs> to we'll, about that
1: later you were mentioning Ayunga and that one of like he's he's missies. that was put up on twitter in the poor quality spfl or whatever or poor quality scottish football uh twitter account in which I'm, there was one comment on at the time when I looked and it was a Morkum fan that said ah some things never change <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if that's we've got more of that to look forward to because like um yeah I, I think that was a bit of a sitter not even to like make the keeper work, like just to absolutely sky that from the position that he was in was extremely poor.
3: But is it is it the one you're talking about where he kind of bounced yeah. on his head a wee bit yeah. with a ball forward and then he just leathered it to the left of the goal. hmm hmm Aye. Um that was unfortunate.
1: But like um we made the keeper work. I think like we did say on the in the preview podcast that if you you're usually safe from relegation or if you've got a really good keeper and that was an example of that there like um we've got kind of, we, unfortunately we never really get to see what trevor carson's going to um supply us with because other than the penalty they they didn't really have a shot at the keeper to really make him work um it was we were extremely solid unit like everybody looked like they knew what they were doing which was something that was quite rare to see under goodwin where he had lots of stupid defensive mistakes and stuff. As much as you, you can praise Goodwin for like his defensive record and stuff as our manager, there was there were some times where some people were getting caught out and that just didn't happen in this match. And I don't know if that's maybe how organised we are or just how poor Motherwell actually are. I guess we'll see as the season kind of progresses, but we're, we're fairly solid. We our, our midfields controlled the match so well. Something we've not seen in a long time. You've already said Erihon had a great game. Bacchus had a great game. Um, you mentioned Gallagher. like that. Some of his runs to make an attack happen were were great. Like it reminded me, and unfortunately, I'm not going to have to say it, but like an early when we first had him, Kirk Broadfoot, not before he had an egg explode over him and he became a cunt, like one of the. <laughs> but like um, uh, genuinely, there's like you can see a plan there. You can see a team. We we were rightfully praised like all through the preseason. People have been putting us favourites for relegation, favourites for relegation, and then even the, even the terrace like predictions weren't great for us. But then in their latest podcast, they said, "Well, we actually played good football, and we're going to be a lot better than yeah. uh, most people think." And I, I, I'm generally quite upbeat, and um, I think it kind of turned a lot of people's heads. Like some of the more sensible people that were still slightly wary about. Robinson and what he was going to bring, I think, even though we we lost, like they can kind of now see that we're not going to be pushovers. We're not just going to like get steamrolled every week. Like this is a team that's going to go out, make create chances. We just need to kind of finish them. Obviously, that's an issue we've had for a long time. But I'm I'm, I'm a little bit more confident that with the chances that we were creating, we'll see more often some more goals sort of piling in. Hopefully.
2: Uh, but even at that though, like there is nothing wrong with the two finishes for Main or a Junger. Like Maine's the, the both balls in. I think the first ball in must be strained. On his weaker foot that was an absolute peach. A Junger has literally done everything he can he can he can, he, can't, he can't do anything else. He's he's spring the really, really kinda some jump to even get something on the ball. He's done what everybody tells strikers to do, it's headed back the way it came and I said the time it definitely is one of the best saves I've seen in the flesh. i absolutely zero right to get near it. And then the second one, I'd you a ball in for as usual. And Main does everything. Again, it's, it's what you get told to do as a striker, you get told to head the ball out of the ground. He gets a decent amount of power on it. And I have absolutely no idea how he's managed to tip that over the bar for that. Tip, tip it over the bar and Get it out of the way of the two guys that are running in that could have tapped it in. But the fair play looks like we're, as, as to style. we're definitely going to play worse and win games this season. So it's a very encouraging performance. And I think if that's any other week, you probably win any other team, you probably win that game 2 1. With the amount of kind of chances we had, and I think mean, there was another save as well for Kelly for a free kick they made
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is oh, the first time I've ever. Ever realised that Curtis
3: Main was less fitted.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> one of one of the things, I, I, it's the first time I've ever seen. Like we were about to take the free kick, and Gallagher and Main were standing there. You're like, I don't know who would hit that out of them too. And I'm sitting there going, "This is that's an odd choice." But then I mean, Main hit the target and he got it by the wall. He had power on it, kept it down. It's a shame it wasn't maybe a better place, but. Keep, still forced the keeper to make a save and that's all you can really ask from from a set piece if we've got a set piece on target which has been rare since when was the last time we had a free, tech, free kick taker that could confidently score or hit the target? Probably Stevie Mallon. Stevie Mallon, yeah. yeah. Um, Fucking
2: hell. I just look like, at When was the last time she'd unscored a free kick?
1: I have no idea. Someone can tell us in the comments on the YouTube so, someone, somewhere, Someone, please somewhere. look that up. The Discord.
2: Because it, sh- it surely... I actually,
1: think it might. or
2: something like that, but No, I actually think it is Stevie Mallon. And I think it was the one that was like the dubious goal and his hat trick he scored against Rafe Rovers. Actually No, that is the is Isna Morgan. I don't even think it's Blue South.
1: It's I've just realised the t shirt I'm wearing. Is it not LK Dormus? Ah, oh,
2: fuck I I Dormus scored a Dormus scored a couple actually.
1: Yeah, I just just as I noticed on like the screen, the T-shirt that I was that wearing, I was like, "Oh wait, no, it's okay, Dermis."
2: Talk talk shit, it's definitely Dermis. Dermis. I think Dermis scored two in his first season, and he scored one against Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that fucking scrap with I'm, I'm going back five years to find the free kick that was scored.
1: <laughs> but um, I mean, someone would have corrected us. In. I'm <laughs> sure they would have passed information on to Dave Cormack,
3: but we didn't need someone. To... There, there, there'll be someone instantly screaming Dermis, listening to mm-hmm. us just. Um,
1: like uh, there was a, a, a lot of shouting against um John Beaton. Uh and very very it was so funny. Like, see, I was watching the stream in the house and it's so funny that the shout she hear. Like there was just someone like you hear all the booze and the cheat cheat cheat, but there was someone who shouted at the top of his voice, I'm not gonna copy the shout but it was literally this is the highest level of corruption I have ever seen is what you clearly heard someone scream over <clears> the stream <throat> and then you just heard corruption corruption
3: <laughs> this, is, this is the thing that always bothers me about people shouting at referees like that so unfortunately on the day unfortunately for us he got the two biggest decisions correct he did so I guess the, there yeah. wasn't
1: many decisions like that I could see that he got wrong
3: to no. be honest like uh, every, uh, Everything else I thought it was really really poor at But I've never I've never once sat Watched a referee in performance In the top flight And thought This is corrupt Or anyone's uh, cheating I've, It's just It's incompetent And it's we, shite That's all it is It's just really really incompetent
2: We said that before A couple of seasons ago during the During the lockdown season When we played Celtic and with that, I think it was the, what the podcast is actually called Don, Don Robertson. Robertson. Like <clears throat> we we said it at the time, like the referees don't have a, a bias against teams. The referees are just very fucking bad at their job. And mm-hmm. even uh, even also, like you seen last night in the Rangers game, VAR doesn't really help shite referees either because shite referees are still gonna make shite calls. So mm-hmm. uh, it like, did influence he, the game was a wee bit stop start. There was a couple of ones that He never gave bookings for him. I mean, he booked Strain like five minutes into the game for his first foul. And then he was really reluctant to book the the young lad. I think it was Keen Spears that came on at left. Absolutely bluttered Ryan Strain, which ended up making him come off. And he never got booked until Gallagher and Shaughnessy started screaming and beating his face. But as Craig said, They got the two big calls, right? That's what he's paid to do. He's paid to get the big calls, right? No one really cares about the ones that don't have much of an influence on the game.
1: I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that first call, the penalty. 100% a penalty, I don't think you can complain about there was I think a few heated people on Twitter saying it was never a penalty, but they hadn't obviously seen the replay they were at the matches. That's fair enough.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. You, you can totally forgive people saying it wasn't a penalty, depending on where they were sitting in the yeah. ground at the time. But for me, I, was, I, I had the perfect view of it, and straight away I thought that's a penalty. Mm-hmm.
1: Hundred percent. It, it was just, it's it's unfortunate. It's unlucky. That's essentially it. But like under the rules, that's that's a penalty. Unfortunately, like yeah, he couldn't move his hand away fast enough. But he does move his body. His arm is in an unnatural position. It hits It's as it's, 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 it's where it is. And the, they took the pen. They took their chance. They scored it. And then they essentially didn't really need to do much. They made it difficult for us. They they, they then sit back. They know their squad isn't the greatest. Obviously, Paul McGinn, who's like which I think was quite funny on the Terrace podcast that what Tony Anderson said was a, that the state of Motherwell was Paul McGinn's a good signing, but when he's your best signing of the summer, you know something's went wrong. <laughs> um, uh, and like obviously when he went off injured after the head knock with um, who was he? Had the head knock. O'Hara. And Hohara ended up having to go uh, off yeah. later, but apparently he said he should have went off like he he probably, he probably should have went off sooner as well. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, it was a proper sore one. Um, but
2: It's quite worrying. The O'Hara's, O'Hara's previous one, uh, getting pretty bad injuries off a concussion. I think he was out flying. That's why he missed two or three months A uh, last season. So when see a guy like Kim, who's pretty all action, and you know, taking a an knock like that, he, he, he really didn't look right for the five minutes he played on after. It was probably a wee bit rookie for us keeping him mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um and the thing was like, like strangely we didn't use them as a concussion sub the way Motherwell did. No. Because the, the commentary team were so confused why Motherwell put on an extra sub and they were like that that's that's more they've had more than three intervals, that's and it was I was like it's a concussion one. And also see while I'm on the commentary commentary stream, get that sorted. Simone. That was embarrassing. See a guy who is employed by the club. I don't know if he's paid. He probably isn't, right? It's volunteer, or whatever. But see if you're doing this at Murn TV, get the players' names right. That's that's the least of it. We've had this argument with the same guy before, how he can pronounce the Celtic team's name completely, solidly, because that's who he openly supports. But he can't pronounce Ethan Erehan. It's not that difficult. Like, um, he's, he continued to get that wrong. Keanu Bacchus never once said Keanu Bacchus. He said... Kyle Bacus and Kieran Backus. Um And when you're watching the St. thing, I don't really care about Celtic. Why? Is it, we were chasing the game right towards the end and he literally stopped while we were attacking to say there's been a goal, at, and it's the most enthusiastic he sounded out throughout the whole of the stream. He said, there's a goal at Celtic Park. Celtic have continuing on from where they left off last season with this successful run. And you were just like, wait, what, what? Like,
3: I that's, that's, obviously, it's in the stadium, didn't he get subjected to any of that? But that's. that's is it the same boy the it was. it the same boy that done it during the lockdown
2: season when Erwin scored yeah. against and him? Was he one said, and he, he said he's so deflated. He was I fucking could. heartbroken.
1: <clears throat> I th- I'm pretty sure that's who it was. And like, as someone from the club is listening, <laughs> either get him replaced with someone. Like, we've even offered, we've offered, like, to for, do free? It, for free to do, do it. Um, Obviously, we'll be a bit more sensible than what we say. Well, some of us might be... A, Craig, I can already can see, we'll probably be shaking his head. Sam already is. But, I mean, we'll be a little bit more sensible. <laughs> um, but we we have offered, like... a Yeah, we've never done it before, but, like, you don't know what it's like until we try, but at least we support the club, and at least we know the players' names. That's what you can ask for, isn't
3: it? Um, what was that? Um, an alternative... Uh, alternative audio streams what they used to, they were like Arsenal fan TV and that. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
1: But you know, you know, you know where we are. If you want us to give a wee message, because, like, honestly, having someone like that is not good enough. I'm just saying it. But uh, where, were, where were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about the penalty. Hey, um, the penalty. <laughs> okay Oh, well, we were actually we we're talking about Haran and stuff going off. Yeah, uh, Motherwell kind of just sat back after they took the lead. They, they didn't create much, and it was basically us. We were pepper in the box. Like we had a few good chances. Kelly was was completely on. Curtis Main came on. Um, it was good seeing him and Brophy on the bench. Kurtz Main again, still looking quite good. Like he's been out for a long time. Obviously after that um, operation, he's not really had a pre-season. This is the first we've seen him, and he looked good. It, you can see exactly what he can do in the team when he's utilized properly. And I think Robinson's the man to do that. As we saw, he, he was quite good on the ball. He won a few headers, created a chance which unfortunately was saved. I'm, I'm looking forward to being fully fit I'm looking forward to Brophy coming back fully fit as well the amount of chances we created that box where it fell to maybe the wrong person if Brophy was in there and that was falling to him you know for a fact that would either went on target like some of the ones that fell at strain like where it, where it hit wide of the post or over the bar you were thinking uh, if two, it... two,
2: two of your biggest chances in the game fall falling to your mm-hmm. right wing back isn't it it's, I mean if I falling to take, then I'd probably put your money on him hit the target they're probably scoring but Strain seems a wee bit better at everything other than shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just unfortunate. The first one dropped in his left foot, he's right footed. The second one, he just kind of leaned back a wee bit and bullied it into Rosehead. But that was, I, I thought Strain had a great game other than the two ones he missed.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he showed that he, what he can actually offer. And like we've also got to remember that he hasn't played in six months. So, um,. Sharpness will catch up with him, and then we'll be able to properly see. But luckily, the the early predictions of another Matt Miller, I think, are have been rested the bed because he's uh, already right. done more than Matt Miller. I think. <laughs>
2: uh, Matt Miller, yeah. got an assist once. So oh,
1: right. So there you He needs go. to, he needs to insi- assist. So uh, that, he needs to get an
2: assist.
1: But I mean, like, see him and Gallagher up the um, when when they both got up, they both kind of connected quite well because like Gallagher would have mm. the ball on the wing and. Um, Strain would make a move for him to pass the ball through, and Strain would then take it into the box. That happened quite a lot. So
2: I really like, I really like watching Gallagher on the overlap. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a really have a full runner on the ball, and he, I mean, no one, no defender in the league wants to defend against the guy that's six foot five. So even if he's not doing anything, if he's if he's just up at the other end of the park, he's giving the defender something to think about, which is it's good. It's good. It gives you another option because we were used to kind of seeing Marcus Fraser, but last year. In, to be quite predictable the for as good a footballer Marcus is, he's he's not as hard to defend against as what a six foot five Britt mm-hmm. shit house is. So mm-hmm. it, it gives you another option and it, it seemed to be covered pretty well as well. I think whenever Dunn or Shaughnessy or uh, Gallagher were going forward, Ethan and Bacchus were really switched on and you to slot in, which was kinda was a bit non existent last year when we were playing the three it was one of the reasons why we kept getting cut open is that players weren't like going and shuffling across and sitting where they should be so it's a formation that really suits what we've got and when it's well coached can be really effective mm-hmm.
1: and I think we, we really need to talk about Ethan like that boy absolutely bossed the midfield I think if this continues unfortunately he's not going to be with us next season like this is the last year of his contract uh, uh,
2: I don't think he'll be with us yeah. in September
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I reckon we'd, we'd probably be doing well to hang on to him now. I think I've just get this feeling that, that this came from nowhere because there's been no speculation about him for months. That someone's going to come in on the the twenty seventh of August this year, and it's going to drag on for a couple of days, and then he'll be gone one day before the end of the window. As <clears throat>
2: uh, it is, like, we're, yeah. we're finally, we're finally. I think, I mean he's still only 21, like, it's like, probably a bit harsh that we're saying he's not reached his potential because no one does at 21, but mm-hmm. it's took him four years in the first team to finally have a manager that coaches him properly, gets him in the right positions, and, I mean, he's obviously fucking motivated him, like, mm-hmm. no one else has managed to get him playing like that at all. That, that, that is, I've, I've got a on Twitter on Saturday, <coughs> and I was steaming, to be fair, but, I do think that was probably the best I've seen anyone play for us 100%. He was looking like at man. I mean, he was throwing folk off the ball. He's sprinting back 30 yards to shove people off the ball, win it back, start moves. He was driving forward. His passing was excellent. So you still get a few morons that will moan and groan anytime. I mean, there was ones that he's passing the ball back, but don't need to pass forward all the time. Like every team in the world does the same thing. Like, sometimes you watch Liverpool, see if they look at it on going forward, to pass it back. Yeah, any any good team will pass them all back and start the move again and wait for space. So just go off the boys' fucking back, man. Like I think something
1: as well that, that's worked really well is, obviously, we've seen that the whole team's a lot more organised than it has been. And what I noticed is he was, quick, he was passing very quickly. And that was something he used to do a lot, under say Goodwin or previous managers. And he would lose possession he would pass and it would end up without an opposition team but more often than not he was passing like within f- first touch of the ball passing it straight away and and finding someone and i was i was really impressed by that as well like from him like how quick and like the vision was there and um as something andrew touched on in his blog about him which is worth going, going to read like um on the website miseryhunters.co.uk it was it was um something that he highlighted that he's like his vision is is really good and the fact that we're now actually seeing more examples of it, um hopefully it continues after the transfer window shut and he's still with us, that'd be that be quite nice.
3: I think that that just on Ethan I was I was probably one of the the lucky few that didn't really see much of the Premier Sports Cup at all. I mean the only game I really saw um end to end was the FC Edinburgh game, um, but in that game and then obviously Sunday there, he was obviously one of the best players in the park in both games. And I think for me, it's not even about all the stuff that he, that he was doing right and that he was doing well. It was if you looked at Ethan of the past maybe two or three seasons, if he, if he lost the ball, if he made a mistake, more often than not, the hands would be getting thrown up in there and they'd kind of like give up. He'd not be tracking back, he'd be getting shouted at off the manager on the sidelines. There was none of that on Sunday at all. Any time the the few times that he did misplace a pass, he was like chasing it down or getting back into position, just head down, getting home with it. So I think that for me is probably just as good a sign as as all the stuff that he did right and all the you know the the passing it about and breaking up play.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, before we move on, we'll talk about Keanu Bacchus. Um, I, like I don't know who it was in the group chat that said he's not going to be with us next season. Like we're gonna get a year out of him and sell him because he is far too good for us. Aye. I th- I think we've basically been told that from like Western Western Sydney Wanderers fans and stuff that, that he's an absolute baller, like he he's a great player and he's just seen that. Like he had a frustration period, um frustrating period when he was in um Australia. We had to wait for his visa, obviously with everything that was going on it get delayed and delayed. So he, again, he's not had much of a preseason and he, he knocked out a, a fantastic 75 minutes against Edinburgh, and then he played the full 90 here as well, and, I mean, he, he was nearly assaulted. So, well, he was assaulted, not nearly. nearly. Um, I from Ricky Lamy, which a fucking horrible challenge.
2: I, 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 I said it at the time, I think he tried to do him. I don't think there's... He's not made any attempt to go for the ball, and <clears throat> I, I, I genuinely do think, when you watch a tackle that, you can tell away even players are trying to deliberately... Properly and just somebody, you just you watch it back every time. It's fucking horrendous, man. They, they, if back his legs are planted and they're straight, he's easily out for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I was I was amazed to get back up and played on. But aye, it was a horrible tackle for that fucking scumbag.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it definitely was. Is there any other points you want to bring up for this game?
2: People um, slagging yeah. Trevor Carson, right? uh, uh, on the forums and Facebook and Twitter see the amount of people I've seen slagging a goalkeeper who I have seen forced into making one save in the whole of his time here fucking lay off him man like he has uh, if anyone who's trying to say that he isn't as good he isn't as good a keeper as Anik or Ladke which come back to me in six months once he's actually had a run of games in the team like I could just wait like not every player needs to be compared to somebody who's been here before and from what I've seen so far his distribution is excellent <clears throat> I thought his kicking was probably one of the highlights of Saturday like for the last two years we were used to watching it kind of shell it out over the left and right back's heads or kind of aimless long punch but Carson's, Carson took his time He's kicking and he was excellent I, I honestly, I've not seen him put a foot wrong. He seems to command his area really well. And I just people just desperate for people that Robinson have signed to be unsuccessful
3: mm-hmm. just to give them another stick to beat them with. But that was my only gripe.
0: No, I, see.
3: I was kind of kind of of a similar opinion just reading some of the stuff online. I was like, what, what player are we watching here? Because I've just not had that impression at all from him that he's, he's, he's much of a downgrade. I think. <sighs> I get the feeling people just want him to be a wee bit just so they can yeah exactly say use another use it as another stick to beat Robinson with. Don't think it's fair at all. So yeah, yeah, give give him a give him a run the team and see how he does.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, it was only I think it was on this podcast probably maybe a couple of seasons back we were all It was one of the transfer specials maybe done. Jamie, you might have brought up that you'd like to see Trevor Carson come in mm-hmm. before before obviously Anik did so. Aye, nothing's really changed in that time. Obviously, he's been out injured more often than not, but for me, he's he's the the number one for a reason at the club. Like, just, like, lay off him a wee bit.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think most fans, if we continue playing like that, most fans, I think, will start. I mean, you'll still have your idiots still. Still, of course, be highlighted on the podcast because it seems really popular to everybody else who listens. So, so, uh, like... I think more people will start changing their opinions soon. We've got Aberdeen next. Um, the annoying thing is with this, like, I expect is that we'll have a good game. I still don't see us winning this match, and I'm hoping that the pressure doesn't pile on Robinson already. Like, I, like, I thought there'd be a lot of pressure on him, the fact that we lost 1-0, but under the circumstances how we lost, it's very hard to, like, have a go at Robinson. I know certain people will. Um, Aberdeen might be a different story, but See with the amount of money they have spent on some of their players, and it's a it's a difficult place to travel to, um, and mm-hmm. play at. Like I, I don't see us winning it. I think it'd be great if we do, but like um, I think this will be a, like another good t- test for the players. Um, I reckon we'll give a good show of ourselves. We might even score a goal, but I, I'm reckon this is going to be like a two-one Aberdeen.
3: I, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe score-draw just for no other reason than I, I don't think we're going to win up there at all. I think it's like you say, they're probably expected to win, certainly with the, the outlay they've had over the summer and the, the squad they've got up there. But it is good when we're up against. Mm. Like the, the, We all know what kind of team we're going to come up against. I'd be happy with a draw, totally. We've got an absolutely stinking record up there. There's, there's no hiding for that at all. I can't remember the last time we, we won or even took a point up there at all. I've never seen us win. Yeah.
1: Are you going to the game?
3: That's good. Uh,
1: of no, course. No, we go, yeah. so we're
2: not going to win. <laughs> and It's Sam's it's first time for everyone.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. We all know it's how like, good. Win. It's like you say it's it's Sunday that and in, in, in light of what happened on Sunday, and we're all kind of relatively positive about it and quite happy despite the result. You get another one 0 loss away at Aberdeen. You get Ross County next. If we end up with another game where we're better, but they score their only chance of the game, and that's all of a sudden you're like three games without a point at all. The pressure does start building regardless of performance. So, for me, I think we should still be looking to take something.
2: Mm-hmm. I right.
3: I think <clears throat> we all know how good.
2: I'm I'm fairly confident that you are up there in getting a win based on nothing other than the fact that we watched Jim Goodwin for three and a half years in games that you were expected to win, not win. I, I, I still don't think that Goodwin is going to be completely accustomed to managing a team that's expected to win every week. But <laughs> Regardless of how realistic or unrealistic it is, the Aberdeen fans up there are, look, they fully expect, whether it's Rangers or Celtic, they're coming up to Pertaudry to win every single game they play there. And I just don't know how we'll be able to handle the pressure of stuffy wee shitty teams like us coming in, playing a 3-5-2, sitting in, hitting them on the counter and hopefully snatching snitch, a couple of goals. But nah, I, I, I'm, they're there to be got at. The defence isn't really great. Goalkeeper looks pretty suspect. He, I think he had Pringle wrists when he was playing in Sunday, to be honest. Midfield, they've got a couple of decent players in midfield, but the forwards you don't Tend to worry about too much If it's him that's coaching them He's I mean, got a real knacker how,
1: how much did he spend on that Like Was he Macedonian or something Like
2: Mate they've, they've spent to, I think They're signing a winger From Fleetwood For like 300 grand Which takes his spend like no two kicks off A 3 million quid Like that's a Scandalous amount of money He's spent on Guys who He's probably not going to have The ability to coach Because he's not good enough To coach teams How to attack He's good enough To sit, coaching teams To sit in and defend So no, they're definitely there to be got a, a fancy to win it. one two 0
1: Fair enough. I'd, I'd love that to happen.
2: So would I. I'd take it relegated if it meant we would beat Jim Goodwin's Aberdeen team.
1: <laughs> um Transfer window. Like we're in the, the, the final month of the transfer window. Um do you think we need any more improvements in the, in the squad?
2: I not 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 so much an improvement, I think we we're pretty set in most positions. We're kind of stacked in midfield. And all people do so think we're missing the cat, a Goggic type. I don't think people would have been saying that if we had Goggic last year. I think people are still just wanting Goggic. I still fucking want Gogage.
1: I mean, is he still on holiday?
2: <coughs> he is, actually. Yeah. Uh, still in, in Cyprus. But I think if I was to, to pick a position that I'd like to see us go and bring something in, I'd like to see us maybe look at the loan market look for a wee bit of quality on the left hand side as a alternative to Tanzer because I have a, a theory with Tanza that whenever he plays shy he always comes off injured and honestly see it's, it's becoming a fucking real common occurrence in the last like six or seven games he's played that he's been absolutely fucking mince for a spell and then just decides I'm going to lie down here and get injured so an alternative to Tanzer, left wing back, would, mm. would be good. Let's just be a wee bit flexible if we need to change to a four, if we've got something that's comfortable playing left back, if, we need to, if we're going to play a three-five-two, 5 two, then you've got a guy who can slot straight in. Because I don't really fancy getting into the kind of target, like, three game a week schedule that you get in December with Richard Tate playing, mm. starting two or three games at left wing back. which see, really, like, the last 30 minutes of games I think Tate's brilliant. I think he's still one of the one of the better players in the squad, but I don't think he should be starting many games.
3: No, I'd I'd i agree with that. I'd be a bit nervous if that was the only other option besides Tanzar. I think Tate obviously fitness isn't an issue. Like if if he plays for the start, you know what you're getting, he'll run up and doing that wing all day. But the problem is he's he's hardly the fastest guy, is he? So mm-hmm. you obviously need a little bit of cover there. You would expect Alexa Dunn to be able to step up and cover if if Tate's getting caught out of position, but Dunn's positional sense isn't really great either. So you're not really solving that problem, are you? I have to say, Dunn got caught out with that ball over the top because he he realised too much in his pace.
1: I have to say, the like, see that? I don't know who it was on Twitter that tweeted the thing about like what we see with option A and option B and what Dunn sees and he just puts it apart. The fact that Dunn (laughs) actually replied to that and says he'll do better, I think that. Good for him. Fair play. Um, I mean, seeing that we're talking about transfers, Jamie McGrath's back in Scotland, um, just signed for Dundee United. Uh, I think it's a good player for Dundee United, I think. Uh, If you play, if Dundee United plan to play him uh, like an attacking centre mid-roll, I mean, they've got a really good attack. (laughs)
2: Aye. Still a bit, I think they're still a wee bit like mate midfield-wise, I think. Div have replied back to the guy earlier saying that it looked like a really good midfield, despite them all having the build of fourteen-year-old boys. So, I <laughs> like they've got very good players on paper. And I think that <clears throat> I, I honestly think they're longer the window, because I'm going to be surprised to see Gogic in up there and probably complete their midfield a wee bit, and then they, then they do become a, a real serious challenger for third, I think. But i make it up. People saying that McGrath's shite just because he left us it off that he he was poor in his last six months because I think he had clearly he'd he turned and he wanted away, whether it was his dad, his agent that was advising him at the time.
1: And I mean like Goodwin essentially called him out and threw him under the bus in an interview. Aye as well. That doesn't do a lot and then like he did come back and he did like after that and I think he had a really good game to kinda of prove that he was still playing for the shirt. Um but yeah, like I think what at the time, we maybe overrated him slightly because of how many goals he was scoring. But now we're kind of looking back and going, "Ah, it was just penalties." And you're like, "Well, he wasn't just penalties. He was, he was a really good player for us." And um, uh, yeah, uh, some guy on Twitter saying it, like he was a horrendous player, which I think I, 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 I think he's just trolling <laughs> because I don't think anybody who's watched that Murn and those Murn teams went to McGrathman. Ah, he was horrendous. That's just not true. He went to Wigan. He was unfortunate. He get put out of the squad. He never got a chance to kind of really break through, and like he's back here to prove a point And he's he's got a really good team round about him to help prove that point. So,
3: Absolutely. Um, is it much use under a Jack Ross team that will probably go one 0 up and then sit back for the rest of the game, and try to defend it? Though, <laughs> I
1: mean, it's not too far different from a Jim Goodwin team that was 0-0 and sat back and tried to defend it. So, <laughs> I'm
2: sure he's just. Hey, listen! You start the game with a point, so it's, <laughs> there, to, it's
1: there to be kept. But uh, before before we move on, we actually got um, a message from from Dave Cormack. He is currently he's currently in Spain, but he still wanted to 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 contri- contribute. So he he's sent us a little a little message.
0: Hola, et tú, mamá también? Eh. Mi nombre Dave Cormack, and I'm checking in. On España for your shake takes of the week. I mean,
1: he's went out... Oh, sorry. <laughs> he, he's went out his way to do these and and do you know what's even better? Like Normally he introduces it and then Mark takes over, but he, he's went one of so he's introduced it and he's somehow found Marge
3: Simpson to then
1: talk about the rest of them.
3: Um, so, so here's... The, I'm mean, assuming Dave had a, a Mark had a few pints before sending this.
1: Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know <laughs> why you're talking about Mark. It, it literally says Dave Cormack here on WhatsApp that sent me them. So you're yeah, like, it, it's definitely not Mark. Um, <laughs> but here, here's the first shit opinion.
0: First up this week is Sam Smith. No, not that Sam Smith. The other Sam Smith. Eh? Sam says that you would have Richard Tate in his best at the living of his lifetime twice at right back and left back. Yes, you heard that correctly. Sam thinks someone haven't had a better right back or left back in 24 years than Richard Tate. Fuck off, Sam. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh.
1: <laughs> I mean, Sam, are you going to respond to this? Oh, one, I'm fucking 23,
2: but oh, that's like. I honestly challenge you to put nostalgia aside and do not mention fucking David Van Zanten. and tell me we've got a better right-back or left-back than Richard Tate. I mean, Play, playing first at Mirren, Paul, damn it, I is the obvious one for left-back for, for what they've done for, for us. I think there's many, man. I don't think there is any.
1: I mean, Yuri Travner was great, but then again, he wasn't really here long. And I mean, the first season under with Jerome Tesla was really good.
2: I've got uh, Yuri Traveller on Facebook. There you go. I don't have uh, Richard Tate So,
1: so what you're saying is Yuri Traveller is therefore better. So you, you've you,
2: you've confirmed. It I've been it <laughs> <laughs> um, but i have not already. But I am. I'm, I'm sticking to that. I, I, I've not seen a better right back for Mirren or left back.
1: There you go. You can you can tweet Sam and uh,
0: let yeah, him know Fuck your off,
1: Dave. On
2: that.
1: <laughs> uh, second one that he sent.
0: Ha ha ha! How funny that was. Next up is Craig Devine. Craig Devine picked a fight with Dev from Pineborough, and, and decided to have a go at Dev for the shite he was talking in four four two. Unfortunately, the last person to talk shy about some man in four four two in the article that Craig was referring to was Craig Devine from Misery Hunters. What a fucking idiot!
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I had to know out that one when I, I got the source of the 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 shite. I thought Div was talking completely wrong and landed myself in it, so sometimes <laughs> you need to just hold your hands up. My point was that to come out in the, the Football Scotland article and speak pretty positively and then turn around on the eve of the season and come out with negative shite that when you've got, what, 70,000 followers on the, the biggest Scottish football site going, do you really need to be encouraging a pylon On Robinson when there's already So much pressure on him
0: mm-hmm.
3: That's what I took issue with And then I fucked it By the 4-4-2 thing so Yeah fair play Dave
0: Yeah he called you on that one Ha ha ha, ha. What shite takes they wear Ha ha ha, ha. ha, 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 ha. Until next week Adios Buenos notches And try not to be racist and homophobic on Twitter ha, ha.
1: I think that was aimed at you. There,
2: <laughs> I wonder who that was aimed at. You know, mm-hmm. I Can I anybody who, It could be anybody. A, uh, I think uh, might be aimed at again. It was an announcer, but,
1: but yeah. Moving on. Uh, does any, anybody get anything else they wish to talk about before we move on?
2: Nah, nah I was going to say something. I was going to say something fucking awful there in regards to the last bit, but I can't.
1: Nah, that's, that's okay. Um, we will be back after this.
4: Hi, I'm Eamon Brophy. You're listening to Misery Hunters Podcast.
1: We are back and we are now joined with Andrew Christie. Hello. Craig Devine. But uh, we also have a very, very special guest with us today. It is Alex Grieve. How's it going? Good,
4: mate. Good, mate. Thanks for having me.
1: So this podcast will be going out after the Motherwell game, so the first question we need to ask is, uh, did you enjoy scoring your first hat-trick?
4: <laughs> oh, I don't want to tempt fight, but no, that would be a really nice little present, it? <laughs>
1: uh, How are you settling in at the club? Have, has there been any big sort of culture shock since like, moving to Scotland or anything? Um,
4: well, yeah, obviously it's... it's um, the- it's pretty different to New Zealand that but the first the couple months I was over um, was challenging but now I'm settled right in and I'm
3: loving it. Um, yes, yeah, so the path from football in New Zealand to the Scottish top flight, it's a pretty kind of unique one. Um, can you tell us about the circumstances that led to you actually signing for the club?
4: Yeah, so my um, the club I was playing for back in New Zealand, um, Birkenhead, like a semi-pro side um, for the most part and then they signed a partnership with, um, with St Mirren. There was a, an agent in New Zealand that um, knew someone and I don't know how the connection all came about. but So they signed that partnership and then um, I was obviously doing really well for my club and scoring a few goals and I think St Mirren were just keen to get me over. And then it helped obviously because I had a, a UK passport and that so it made it a lot easier.
5: How popular is football in New Zealand? Obviously with rugby and cricket being so huge, are you guys sort of the considered kind of the band geeks of the sporting world almost? <laughs> uh,
4: used to be, I think, but it's definitely, definitely growing. Like I think it's the most played sport in New Zealand now. So there's definitely like the numbers of the youth like playing it, but obviously cricket and rugby are, are so much more like followed in terms of like fans and, and going to games and that kind of stuff. But now it's definitely getting bigger.
5: And kind of growing up, who were your sporting heroes? Like whether it's football or, football or otherwise, who did you kind of look up to as a a young guy?
4: Um, well, I think as a, from a footballing perspective, I, we had Ryan Nelson, who was probably the, um, the biggest New Zealand footballer. Like, I remember my, one of my first ever football shirts was a Blackburn Rovers jersey because of, of him, which is weird. But um, yeah, so obviously him, because he, he kind of created a pathway and um, showed like New Zealand footballers that he can actually play at the top level overseas.
1: Did, uh, what was it like when you, when you received your first call-up to the national team?
4: It was it was a surprise. Um, it came really out the blue because the the squad had already been named for that for that camp, and obviously I wasn't involved or anything. But then a player couldn't um, get into the country because of his visa, so I literally woke up to seven missed calls from the from the um, like manager, and said we we're getting you on a flight to Dubai. I think it was. So no, it was really good and
3: um, <laughs> unexpected. Um, yeah. So, how? Um, what one was? How has playing alongside the likes of uh, Chris Wood for the national team kind of impacted your career so far? Like, have you have you been able to learn much from playing next like, to someone like that that's turning out for our, you know a top English Premier League side? Yeah. Obviously, it's um, you learn so
4: much just being around them, even off the field. Like the the standards and the habits they have. Um, they're just like really top professionals, and there are a lot of good players in that New Zealand team. So. Um, even just training with them, like you've got to, like it's a really good uh, level that you've got to be at. So it's it's a good challenge.
1: Did uh, Cameron Howison um, speak to you at all about being at St. yeah
4: Yes, yeah, I am. Um, so I I've played a f- against Cam um, for a couple of years in New Zealand, and um, when I was coming over here, I, I texted him, and he was he was giving me some advice and like uh, what, what to expect and that kind of stuff. So he he was really helpful before I went over, and then it was nice to see him in the in the national team as
3: well.
1: Was it good advice or was he, like, warning you? (laughs) (laughs)
4: Uh, No, it was only good good advice.
3: Um, So, considering, obviously, you've flown um, over from the other side of the world, do you think it's helpful uh, maybe having a couple of teammates alongside you at Sitmaran who've kind of had to travel a similar distance? So, obviously, Keanu Bacchus has just come in, Ryan Strain, um, even thinking back to a few months ago with Matt Miller and the team.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think um, Matt Miller last year, especially, was really good for helping me settle in. Just like having someone to talk about, like stuff from uh, New Zealand and Australia, like having things in common. But yeah, you're, you're, we're from the same part of the world, so we, we get along uh, really well. And that's with the new boys as well. Like instantly, um, it's having like a good new mate.
5: We've seen you play kind of up front in a few different roles, where there's a as a lone striker. Part of a front two, or kind of playing more out wide than a three. Even do you have a preferred position that you feel you you play best in, or
4: um, I'm not too sure. I think uh, even when I was growing up, I've always uh, been sort of like a utility, almost. I can can play in a lot of those positions up top, and I'm honestly not too bothered where I play as long as as long as I'm on the pitch um, and helping the team. Like, I'll play anywhere, but um, now I like playing uh, down the middle because you're closer to the goal, than that of course, but. No, honestly, not bothered at
1: all. You've um, played under Jim Goodwin and Stephen Robinson during your time at the club. Are there any sort of big differences in the approach between the two managers in terms of training or ma- on match days or anything?
4: Um, yeah, quite similar in, um, in a lot of respects and, and how they uh, try to motivate you and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, Stephen Robinson's probably like a lot more tactical in, in trainings and that kind of stuff. Um, like nailing down the shape for
1: sure. How did you feel when um Goodwin when obviously you were quite still new to the club, possibly still finding your feet, and then Goodwin was a I um away to Aberdeen, were you a bit worried about the new guy coming in or did you just were confident enough in your own ability that you you knew you were um, gonna be in there? Oh well, obviously,
4: uh when when Jim left I was a bit a bit disappointed because um he, I mean, he'd given me my first chance in professional football, so I owed, owed a lot to him, and and we got along well in that. But it's just football at the end of the day. So I was, you instantly just thinking you have got to win over the new boss straight away. Mm-hmm.
1: Who would win in a fight between them? <laughs> I've
4: got no idea, and
1: I <laughs> I will not answer that. Ah. <laughs>
3: I want to ask you, then, what's uh, what's your top moment in a run shirt so far? Uh, besides, obviously, your star and role in the Away kit Review video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that definitely was a highlight, a rave in the,
4: the Smyzer Stadium. But um, probably my first goal, I think, uh, against St Johnston In the rain. It was it was a really good moment. But then with it, like there were we had some good moments last year. I think. Um, Hibbs away when we won that one 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 zero. That was my first start. That was another special day and a really enjoyable.
5: Looking forward to the upcoming season. Are there any kind of particular aims around the squad in terms of like a finishing position? Are we going for top six or we're we just kind of taking as it comes and seeing what happens? I think for
4: the most part, um, we keep our our goals in house and 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 um what we expect uh, from each other and that kind of stuff. So. We know what we uh, want to achieve and we know what we can achieve and that we'll just um, do our best to do
1: so, eh? <laughs> um, so, I don't know, you've been dubbed a few... Well, a few nicknames have been kind of flown about online and stuff like that. <laughs> how How do you feel about the nickname, the Figi Kiwi? <laughs> I have
4: seen that as well. No, I, I don't mind that one. It's got a nice ring to it. It's a good one. As up. long... <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's all just been buzzing, mate, everywhere. Yeah. So that's
1: a nice change from that. Someone did send us a a, a DM with um, the t-shirt that we designed, with you had signed it, saying "buzzing, mate" on it. So that was quite <laughs> yeah. cool to see.
4: Yeah, I think we saw them in Belfast. Actually, mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was pretty funny.
1: Did your who what who ended up with your t-shirt that we gave you?
4: Uh, I think one of my mates has got it back in New Zealand is he wearing that about hopefully proud
1: oh absolutely
4: wearing that about
5: we're getting need photographic of that Alex
4: alright I'll get on it yeah
5: okay, okay.
1: <laughs> and just saying we've gave you a shirt so if, if you want to return the favour at any point know. <laughs> yeah
4: yeah I've got you boys
1: <laughs> no but um, anything else you guys want to ask
5: I think we're all good oh.
1: No, but th- you on there. Yeah, th- thanks for joining us, Alex. And if you want to hear uh, more from Alex, you can listen to our Patreon episodes, which is patreon.com forward slash misery Hun- uh, P- hunters. But thank you.
4: Cheers, mate. Thank you.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.